0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A cover! it's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. And hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 158 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Miller Park as the crew getting ready to wrap up their series against the Seattle Mariners this afternoon. And then, of course, the Pittsburgh Pirates coming to town this weekend. And then the crew will go on the road for four in Cincinnati and three in Pittsburgh. And then, it's hard to believe this, but the all-star break will be upon us. The season is absolutely flying by. Here's what we have coming up for you on the podcast today. We are going to take a look at the all-star candidacies of Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, and of course Christian Yelich. The starters election is going on until later this afternoon. You still have time to get to the polls. And the polls, by the way, can be on your phone. They can be on your laptop, uh, wherever it needs to be for you. Go to google.com. You can vote Go to your MLB app. You can vote. Go to MLB.com. Vote for these three guys to be starters in the All-Star Game in Cleveland, coming up in July. Yasmani Grandal leads the major leagues in uh, almost all categories for a catcher outside of just a handful. And so, offensively, he has as good of a claim as anybody. Here's here's the situation on Yasmani Grandal. He leads the majors in walks, home runs. And he ranks among the leaders as a catcher in RBIs, he's second. OPS, he's second. Slugging percentage, he's second. On-base percentage, he's second. Total bases, he's second. Extra base hits, second. Runs, second. Hits, he's third. And batting average, he's sixth with a 287 batting average. If that doesn't scream starter in the All-Star Game, I don't know what does. Mike Moustakis is up to be a starter at second base in the All-Star Game. This is what he's done over his last 34 games. Sitting 317, 13 home runs. Number 23 on the season came in last night's loss to the Mariners. He's driven in 22. He's reached base safely in 19 straight games as well. Mike Moustakis is the most deserving second baseman in the National League right now. Cattell Marte is having a great year for the Diamondbacks, but I'm biased. I'm going with Mike Moustakis. And then, of course, Christian Yelich. What do you say about Christian Yelich? He's having a historical season. If he didn't start in the All Star game, something's wrong. I think it's safe to say Christian Yelich will be a starter in the All-Star Game. So get to the polls. Vote for those three guys over the next couple of hours if you haven't already, and make sure you do your part to help send them to the All-Star Game in Cleveland. Brewer's probably going to have a couple of other candidates for the All-Star Game. The most notable one will be uh, Josh Hader. I think it's pretty obvious Josh is going to have a great shot to be named to the All-Star Game as well when it is all said and done. And beyond that, of course, you have Zach Davies and Brandon Woodruff who are having some good years uh, on the mound in the starting rotation. Um, Whether or not they get named to the All-Star game is is, is a different story, Uh, but certainly guys that at at points during the season you thought really had put themselves in a position where potentially they could be All-Stars as well. Lorenzo Cain's been dealing with a thumb injury. Um, That's kind of the other news that is coming down the line here over the last couple of days. He's been dealing with that thumb injury. He has had pain in it, and he's been trying to play through it. Uh, He finally decided to go to Los Angeles on the off day on Monday, get cryotherapy, and uh, get it frozen. Then he got a cortisone shot as well, and he's hoping to be back in the lineup this weekend for the Brewers, and hopefully Lorenzo Cain can find that 2018 form where he was one of the best all-around players in the National League. Still doing amazing things defensively as Lorenzo Cain. But he's had a hard time getting himself going offensively, 253 average, which is not terrible, uh, not maybe to the Lorenzo Kane standards, but 253 is not that's still a productive player in many ways. Uh, 19 doubles, that leads the team in doubles, so certainly doing a good job in that regard. I think maybe the biggest thing, though, is the on-base percentage is down a little bit, 314 on-base percentage. He's uh, taken 24 walks this year. And Lorenzo Cain, last year, took a lot more walks as he ascended to the top of the lineup. He hit third in Kansas City most of his career. He ascended to the top of the lineup last year as the leadoff man for the Brewers, and he started taking more walks. And he hasn't taken as many walks this year, and hopefully with everything kind of coming together for him with less pain in that thumb, his at-bats can go a little bit deeper. He can hit the ball a little bit harder and with more authority, and hopefully he can draw some more walks as well. So uh, that's kind of the other big news from an injury standpoint for the Brewers. Jimmy Nelson, of course, has moved to the bullpen through a couple of scoreless innings the other night against the Mariners in his first appearance out of the pin. So he is now in the bullpen. Gio Gonzalez still trying to come back from that quote unquote dead arm. He has been throwing some bullpen sessions. He felt a little bit of pain in it his last time out. So he's probably not going to be back now until after the All Star break with it, which is a bit of a blow for the Brewers from a starting rotation standpoint. So Adrian Hauser got the start on Wednesday. We'll see how the Brewers piece together their rotation moving forward. You know Woodruff's going to be in there. You know Davies is going to be in there. And for the time being, I think Yoli Shasin and Chase Anderson probably going to be in there. That fifth spot, is it Adrian Hauser? Is it Freddie Peralta moving forward? Is it an Aaron Wilkerson? Uh, Hard to tell, and we'll see what the Brewers end up doing with that fifth spot in their rotation while Gio Gonzalez is out. Here's what else we have for you. Brewers first-round draft pick Ethan Small was in town this week. He signed his deal with the Brewers, and we had a chance to catch up with him and talk about his experience going through the Major League Baseball draft and now being a part of the Brewers organization. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Time to catch up with the crew. Ethan Small is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Brewers first round draft pick here in 2019. First off, congratulations. What an incredible experience for you. And I've always marveled at the whirlwind that a first round draft pick that's a college player goes through because you're Mississippi State, you're picked first, you're getting ready for a Super Regional and then a College World Series and then you're signing shortly after. I mean, it really is just a hectic couple of weeks for you. Right,
1: Uh, like I was saying earlier, I just, I got off a plane, packed up, got on another one, came here, and I'm about to get on another one, go back home and pack up and go out again. So, um, but Mississippi State has prepared me for that, um, just as far as like the going to college, getting a degree, um, kind of maturing like that, and uh, just the whirlwind, it's been crazy, but it's also been really fun, and uh, just really excited to get out there and start playing baseball. One thing that a lot of uh, our listeners maybe don't know about you is that over the last two
0: years... You've gone through some coaching changes at Mississippi State. I mean, the, to back-to-back College World Series appearances, but but you've gone through some transition there. How how can that help
1: you as you get ready to play for a lot of different people as you work your way up through the system? Right. I think having a lot of. I mean, I think I counted up one time. and I've had 20 different coaching figures in my four years at Mississippi State, and you see that where people were like, "Well, that's chaotic. How do you have any sort of consistency?" And the biggest thing is with us older guys in my class, we took it as, "Well." We see all these different coaches. We see these different philosophies. Let's kind of put them together and see what works for us and kind of create what we like to do. And then Coach lamonas came in and basically just gave the program stability. Um, and the biggest thing for us, we wanted a tight schedule. We wanted everything to be on time. We wanted to get our work done. And, you know, of course, then you're a student too, so you got homework to do and everything like that. And this past year was phenomenal. Our new coaching staff handled it really well, and uh, it's a very tight run shift now. What was your contact
0: like with the Brewers before they selected you? And take me through that night, the emotions that you feel, knowing that this could be the night my name gets called and my life right. basically gets changed forever.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because a few picks earlier than 28, um, it was like, well, maybe maybe this will work out, maybe it won't. It's like a 50-50. It didn't work out. I actually went back up to my room, and I was like, man, I don't know if it's going to happen. And uh, as far as like communication with the Brewers, I didn't have a whole lot. Um of course, Dustin, my agent, pretty much called me. He was like, hey, um, Brewer's going to take you here for this. Do you want it? And I was like, uh, yeah, what do, you, <laughs> what do you mean? He was like, it's a first-round pick. And then, of course, you know what's going to happen. I walked back down to my family, and, uh, of course, they have no idea. They're just sitting there talking. We're like, who's still on the board? Who could they pick, you know, and all that? And I am like, hey, it's like, where is pick 28? I Because at that point, I didn't know where we were, and 27 just happened. And they're like, oh, we're on pick 28 now. And I was like, okay, watch. And uh, then it happens, and you finally see it, and it's just so rewarding. Um, everybody's screaming, hooping and hollering, and uh, it's just exciting. And it's such a big relief, too, to kind of have it out of the way and then focus on pitching and kind of helping the team win.
0: I, I, I look at you, and you, you had Tommy John surgery, which has now become a surgery in baseball for pitchers that it's pretty much commonplace. I mean, most guys go through it at some point in their careers. They're probably lucky if they don't. It, it's a little bit like the ACL used to be uh, in, 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 in guys' knees where it was this hard surgery to overcome, and now guys come back and they're stronger than they were before, and that's really been the same thing with Tommy John. How did that experience, one, make you more mentally tough on the mound, two, uh, not
1: take anything for granted, but also three, how did it how did it change you as a pitcher? Um, I'll always say this. Tommy John is the best thing that ever happened to me just as far as like a physical – uh, mental maturity, everything like that. I mean, I got in the weight room, I gained 20 pounds. I was a skinny lefty tall and Tommy John gave me the year that I needed to really get in the weight room and crush that. Um, and then just like the, the running on the tracks and the summers I stayed in Starkville and worked out with the freshmen and the runs they do are awful. Trust me. <laughs> it, it wasn't any fun, but the biggest thing with those runs and, you know, running till you almost throw up and doing those types of workouts. I mean, it just makes you really tough. Um, And that's something our old strength coach really prided himself in was just making us mentally tough. And then of course, with Tommy John, you have four months until you ever pick up a baseball. And then even when you do that, it's from 30 feet and you're going, "Eh," you know, something like that. And uh, really it's like I'm sitting at home by myself. Everybody else is on the road traveling playing ball and I'm watching it on TV. So for me, it was like I hate this, I don't like this, I want to play. And then at, at that point, it's just that I, I wouldn't even call it motivation. It just makes you really driven um, and inspired to just, you know, attack it and come back the best way you can. Because when I was coming back, it was, uh, Ethan might get us 10 innings this year. And he might get us 40 innings tops and maybe a back end of the bullpen guy. And I said, no. I was like, that's not who I am. I was like, I knew what I could be. And really, the big thing was just off of Tommy John. I wanted to prove that and show everybody wrong, and you know, just give it my best shot and attack it with everything I had.
0: You have a lot of swing and miss in your fastball. That's probably what you're most known for in terms of your repertoire. You, I've heard people talk about your extension being a big reason why. What
1: what do you think makes your fastball so effective? So you hear a lot of infatuation with the the spin rates, and yeah. the, but I think the biggest thing is there's there's a big time extension number on it. And then there's another stat called vertical break. And I want to say, of course, somebody might pick me on this. I want to say big league average, if somebody I've heard from told me right, is like 15 to 18, and mine sits around 22 to 23. So basically all that means is just maybe more research has to be done, but what, what I would guess is that as far as like how gravity works and how a pitch naturally would sink, mine fights that and maybe even goes up a little bit just because – of that effect it has, and the axis is 100% spinning efficiently. Um, so what a hitter might see is, you know, instinctually expect it to drop a little bit, and mine just doesn't do that. You sound like a front office guy right now. Is that something <laughs> that you want to do down the road? It sounds like you are into the analytics, and you've studied that stuff. I am so into analytics, it's not even funny, and especially with the labs I've seen here and what I what it sounds like I'm about to take a dive into. I'm really excited for that. and. Uh, It's just a big-time development piece, and it finally puts – of course, I've had a swing and miss fastball for my whole life, and now now I know why, and now I can see, well, maybe it doesn't do that one game, and I get the numbers back, and it's like, okay, well, this is what happened, and you can fix that from there so you're like a kid in
0: a candy store to some degree because like I, josh tomlin was with the brewers in spring training he ended up in the bullpen with the braves but he talked yeah. about how he was getting fed analytics you know in the cleveland organization right. but he didn't know how to apply it he didn't right. really know what it meant and then he went to driveline and they helped him kind of wrap his mind around right. what it all meant and he felt like it really made him a better pitcher i mean the, the, you're going to get all this information and and you're going
1: to be able to be a sponge with it, for sure um it's something i'm interested in. i mean my, my, ah, sorry my major was actually clinical exercise physiology so i was kind of studying the body and how it works and vo2 maxes and just really sciencey anatomy and how, how the kinetic chain how it works and uh all that stuff so it's definitely something that interests me I kind of studied it for a brief amount of course nothing like these guys with the phds know it but um, it, it just gives you a way it's like how does the guy swing and miss on the 91 down the middle and it's like it's breaking up like it's moving up and then you know you throw a changeup where the bottom falls out of it and you get these two planes going and then you challenge hitters vertically and that's kind of been my bread and butter and how I've had success fascinating
0: stuff once again congratulations this is a, a cool experience for you soak it all in I know you're going to go to Arizona first for a little bit and then probably end up in Appleton with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers this year uh, it's going to be fun to watch you uh, make your way up through the organization yes, sir thank you thank you so much Checking in on the farm. Alright, as we check in on the farm this week, the Brewers AAA affiliate, the San Antonio Missions, they have been red hot pretty much all season long. 49-30 and 30 now on this season. 19 games above 500 They lead the Pacific Coast League's American Southern Division by two and a half games. They have just absolutely been getting incredible play out of Keston Hira at the plate. Hira continues to swing a hot stick for the missions. Hira now is hitting 329 on the season. 329 on the season for Keston Hira. He has 19 home runs on the year just in AAA. Remember, he hit five at the big league level with the Brewers. Really impressive stuff. And Trent Grisham. Grisham began the year in the Southern League with the Biloxi Shuckers. He's still just 22 years of age, and he was on his way to potentially being the Southern League Player of the Year. That was kind of the season he was putting together through the first half of the year for the Shuckers, and he has been since promoted to San Antonio, and he has not slowed down one bit. Grisham's reached base in four of five trips at the plate on Wednesday for the missions. He went three for four, had a pair of doubles, had a walk, he has hit safely in four of his first five games with the missions. He's hitting 350. That's seven for 20. He has three home runs in that span as well. He has 16 home runs combined now between AA and AAA. That's really exciting stuff. Trent Grisham formed first-round pick. He was a guy that maybe with prospect fatigue or whatever else that people had kind of forgotten about. They had written him off a little bit, having to repeat A for a third year. But Grisham... Getting it done this year and having himself a big time season, and he is going to be rising in that Brewers' top 30 prospect list. I think you're going to see Grisham take a big step in that direction. So it's been encouraging. Bubba Derby also pitching pretty well. He threw very well Wednesday. Six innings, three hits, one run. It was not earned, and five strikeouts. Uh, the Missions, by the way, lead the Pacific Coast League in ERA with a 3.65 ERA. Uh, on the season as a team, Double A Biloxi. Of course, they won the first half of the Southern League South. They are three and four in the second half, so they're in fourth place right now in that South Division. They had a three-game losing skid uh, that was snapped in Wednesday's game with a 7-4 win at Pensacola. Pensacola was kind of their main competition in the Southern League South in the first half of the season. They have uh, pitched it well, 3.27 ERA in what is a pitcher-friendly. Uh, league in the Southern League. They are holding opponents just a 215 average. They have a, a really good rotation there. Trey Shupak, of course, we've talked about him a ton. He kind of leads the way, but Alec Bettinger is starting to have a big year as well. He is kind of figuring it out at the double-A level. He pitched on Wednesday, went six innings, eight hits, and two earned runs for him. And then, of course, Nate Greep's been really good at the back part of that bullpen. He went an inning and in two-thirds, no runs allowed um, in the win on Wednesday as well for the Shunkers. So some exciting stuff there from Biloxi. High A Carolina, they are 3-4 and four in their second half of the Carolina League Southern Division. They're two games back of first place. They're in third place. They have dropped three in a row after they won their first three, or their previous three, I should say. They lost 5-3 to down east on Wednesday. Aaron Ashby, who had been downright dominant his first two times through the rotation since being promoted from Wisconsin, he had his first little hiccup, so to speak, of this season on the mound for Carolina. He went five and two-thirds, gave up four earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. He had gone 14 and a third in high A prior to that for the lefty without giving up a run. He had been downright dominant, so his first kind of human performance of the season in high. Rodrigo Benoit has been really good this year for the Mudcats out of the bullpen. He went an inning and did not give up a run in that one. Uh, in low A, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, second place in the Midwestern League, Western division over their second half. They're off to a good start. Four and two. They recorded their ninth shutout of the season on Wednesday, and their second in as many wins for nothing over Cedar Rapids on the road. Justin Jarvis, six and two thirds, three hits, no earned runs. And uh, Justin Jarvis is starting to put together a, a nice season as well for Wisconsin. He's only 19 years old, so this is a big level for him at 19, and he's 2-0 with a 3-9-7 ERA. So um, pretty exciting stuff there as well from the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. The Rocky Mountain Vibes have begun their season. They're 4-7 to start their year. They gave up 12 runs on Wednesday night. That was a season high for them. They have uh, Micah Bello, who has gotten off to a good start for them and a handful of other youngsters there's going to be more guys joining that team over the next couple of weeks as uh, draft picks continue to sign for the brewers going back to AAA a momentarily the brewers do have a handful of all-stars that'll be representing the missions in the all-star game uh, catcher david freitas second baseman keston Hira, uh jay jackson The right-handed pitcher who has had a cup of coffee this year with the Brewers at the major league level and the same story for Tyler Saladino, the uh, utility man for the Brewers. They're all going to be representing the missions on the uh, Pacific Coast League All-Star team next month. That AAA All-Star game will be on July 10th at Southwest University Park in El Paso, Texas. So that should be fun and that should be exciting. And congratulations to those gentlemen for making the all-star team for the Pacific Coast League. That is our look around the farm. We're going to look at what's coming up now. Here's what's on tap. All right, here's what's coming up for the Brewers over the weekend. A bunch of promotions against the Pirates during this homestand, the back part of this homestand. And on Friday, 7-10 start. That's the Trucker Hat giveaway. It's presented by Experience Fitness. First 10,000 fans are going to get this really cool trucker hat with the Brewers logo on it has kind of a light blue panel and a royal blue uh, mesh netting, if you will, uh, snapback. It's pretty cool, and I think you're going to want to get your hands on it. That's also a student night on Friday night. That's $10 terrace reserved or $15 loge bleacher tickets uh, for high school and college students on Friday night. That's, of course, courtesy of American Family Insurance. And, uh, of course, uh, you're looking at for Saturday. That's a seven fifteen start. That's Brandon Woodruff on the mound against the former Brewer Jordan Lyles in that matchup. Theme night ticket package as well, Milwaukee Chicks 75th Anniversary. Fans who purchase a special Milwaukee Chicks 75th Anniversary ticket package are going to receive a Milwaukee Chicks 75th Anniversary hat. Plus a portion of the proceeds from all ticket package is sold will be donated to the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League Players Association. It's also Girl Scout night. Girl Scout troops will enjoy specially discounted ticket packages and have the opportunity to participate in a pregame parade. And then on Sunday, that's a one start, and you're going to want to be there for that one because it's a Prince Fielder bobblehead presented by American Family Insurance. All ticketed fans will get that Prince Fielder bobblehead. Zach Davies on the mound against Trevor Williams for Pittsburgh in that matchup. Then the crew goes on the road. And they will not be home until after the All-Star break. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 158 of Brewers on Tap. It's been a pleasure coming to you. Hopefully the Brewers have a handful of starters in the All-Star game the next time we talk to you, which, by the way, will be in Cincinnati on the 4th of July. Have a good one, everybody.